When I got out of MLM, I was overwhelmed by shame, regret, guilt, and loneliness. But sharing my story has helped free me up, and I want to invite you to do the same, either publicly or anonymously, as a catalyst for your healing. The From Huns to Humans podcast is a proud supporter of the hashtag I Got Out movement. Learn more and find resources at igotout.org. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hon, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited. I know I say that every time, um, but <laughs> I'm really excited because not only do I have another person to talk about Plexus with me, but also you're a fellow therapist. And I <laughs> love having these conversations. Um, and, you know, like I so as you've probably heard on the podcast, like I experienced a lot of like shame around the fact that like I am a therapist and I did these things um so I'm really excited to hear your experience and like what your feelings and your work through and all that stuff has been um so yeah how did you find MLM and welcome to the podcast Heather thank you and I did have one question am I your first plexus therapist that's been on I know you've had plexus people and you've had therapists but I'm my first like plexus therapist I think so all right so you know (laughs) um okay so my MLM story um I think like so many people first of all I'm 41 I think or whatever I was born in 1981 when you like get to the back half you forget like (laughs) your actual age as someone who was raised in the 80s um you know MLMs were normal my mom went to Tupperware parties I remember going to um an Amway meeting with my parents and I don't know if they had actually joined or if they were just like you know it was a hey check this out 
I, I just remember going. Um, I still, it's so weird. I had stolen like a bunch of like cleaning products from my parents' house a long time ago when I got my first house. I actually have like some Amway cleaning products like still stuck somewhere in my closet. So those were my first entries like into MLM just being mainstream. But the story really begins in 2015, I believe, when my husband's cousin, who was a sweet, sweet person, sent me the message, hey girl, you know, um, I've been thinking about you. I think you'd be great at this. I have a new business. And I can't tell you, like when I saw this, I think the cognitive dissonance like started right there. Like part of my brain was like, this is being sent to everyone. And the other part was like, you, she loves me. She really loves me. You know what I mean? Um, I was not a therapist at the time. I was in graduate school. So just, I don't know if that matters to people, but just to put it into context. So that was the first kind of place where I was hooked. And that was Rodan and Fields. And go ahead. I wanted to just ask you, because you did make that point that you were in grad school when all this happened. I was never taught in grad school, like, like, I think that people think, or maybe this is me, like, projecting onto myself or whatever. Um, I felt like I never really got any training around, like, what was manipulation and what is, like, gaslighting and things like that. Would you consider that true for your programming, too? Yes. And are you counseling degree? Yes. Okay, so I'm master's in social work. And yeah, I I agree. And you know, a lot of that is what I found with graduate school is like, you're getting the theories and mm -hmm. graduate school really sets you up to learn to be a therapist. So I came out with all the theories and all of like the general information, but you don't really start learning all those nuances until you are getting your license and you're doing your clinical hours and you've got your mentor. So yes, like when you're in graduate school, it's, it's the same as someone who's in medical school. They're not going to know like how to actually transplant your heart. They're going to know the theory around it, but they don't know everything, you know, going on. So, right. You don't learn those things until you start doing your practicum. And then when you graduate and you're doing your pre-licensed hours, that's when you really start to be like, oh, well, like, let me find this specialty and let me take these extra trainings and let me, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's definitely something that people uh, that aren't in the field don't know about. And also like there are different programs that might have different, you know, it all depends on what professor professors you have and all that stuff. Like if I became a professor, you bet your bottom dollar that I'd somehow sneak in some, yeah. <laughs> some uh, like, you know, manipulation awareness in my course, but, Absolutely. um, you know, overall, like that doesn't happen unless, you know, you get lucky. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, I'm not a girly girl. Um, I'm, I'm just not. So for me to be selling like facial things and skincare regimens and all of that stuff doesn't really, it never really clicked with me. Um, but I just thought the business opportunity looked amazing. My mom put the biggest kit, you know, it's all the things that everyone's heard. You know, I was, it was suggested for me, like buy the biggest kit. Like we wish we would have bought the biggest kit when we did it. And I don't know, I think what 
some of the research that I are from listening to people like you and Roberta Blevins, like the, the products are not the issue. It's the business model. That's the issue. So, I mean, Rodan and field products are fine. Like, you know, but at the time that was really like the signal to me when I would do these consult, I did a few consult calls and tried to sell and it kind of fell flat. Like they were too expensive or people were, you know, it just wasn't clicking. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, that's just because it's the wrong product. You know, this isn't something that's authentic to me. So the way that I switched out of Rodan and Fields was I was on Facebook and I saw another woman who I'd gone to college with, who I was friendly with in college, I mean, very nice person, still think she's a lovely person to this day. And she was just posting all about weight loss and gut health and, you know, these memes that were like, do you have depression? Do you have chronic fatigue? Do you have like poop issues? Oh my God. Like we need to just have a whole hour to talk about plexus and the poop talk. Like I can't even like, oh my God, it's a thing. Like, I feel like you could have a whole show dedicated to just that and like us just debriefing on that. Am I right? Yeah, no, seriously. There's oh my God. So much. All the time. And Anyway, so of course I see this graphic and I'm like, oh my God, that's me. So I order the products. I'm excited about weight loss. And then I just see her like, you know, like I wanted what she had. Like I I saw her seemingly be, and I say seemingly because to this day, you really just never know. Because now that I know how once I got in was like presenting myself to people, I know that people were doing that to me. So I... I just saw her seemingly like rising up the ranks and like killing it in life. And so I messaged her. That's what's so funny. I'm like, I totally did all of this to myself. Like I messaged her and I was like, I want in. I, what is this? And so from there, like I became a Plexus ambassador and I will pause because that's kind of my entry into it. I mean, the rest is history and I know we're going to unpack that, but thoughts so far. Yeah, no. Ooh, hold on. Sorry about that. We just had a little bit of a technology issue. Um, So yeah, I feel like that is very similar to what ended up happening to me. Um, It wasn't that I saw it online. It was that my coworker was doing it and I just instantly was like, what is this? I want to feel better. I want to lose weight. I want to not have to count my calories and blah, 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 blah. So I was like, this is awesome. And then the more I learned about how it was, I was already in the mental health field. Um, I was, uh, and I was in, I was either starting my master's program or like right before I started or something like that. And I was, um, working in like an, uh, bachelor's level position in the mental uh-huh. health. So I was like, this is awesome. I make almost no money working in community mental health. So I'll be able to make a little extra money and I'll yes. be able to help people feel better. And like, that's all I wanted to do. Right. I was really taken in also by this whole, like retire your husband, um, thread that went out, you know, like not thread, but that whole like mantra. And I don't know, like 
you know, this, I feel like we were doing this at the same time, like 2015, 2016. Yep. I don't know. Cause I wasn't really doing it before or after I do feel either my friends on Facebook have changed and I just don't have people doing MLMs in my face anymore. Or like, I feel like there is something about them that's changed, but in that time period, it just seems like Facebook was a trash can for every MLM post ever all the time. Like you just saw, it was so normal. It was like, oh my God, another one. Right. Yeah. No, I feel that way too. And I was so excited because Plexus wasn't in my area at all. Like it was really just like my friends that like, well, my uplines and stuff that were in it, in this area. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like this is groundbreaking for Massachusetts like I'm gonna be like the plexus upline for Massachusetts that like makes it you know yes um and I think that there like potentially could have been actual potential there but like obviously so (laughs) yes and so that was the biggest thing for me and partially I'm excited to do this podcast to share. I almost feel like it's my penance and we'll get into that. Cause I mean, the things I said did and the way I acted and I, you know, I dipped my toe in it. Luckily I was in graduate school. I had always had a dream of being a therapist for years and years and years. So it was like the dream, but I mean, who doesn't want to make a multiple six figure income and work from home? I mean, of course, I was really taken in by that. So part of it is me, you know, wanting to do my penance and kind of unleash and kind of like confess my behavior, but I'm still learning about exactly what happened. And so this is where I honestly am coming to be like, what happened? Because this woman that I was friendly with, again, still think she's a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. She was killing it. But, and the person who had recruited her was another woman I had gone to college with, someone I was friendly with, like someone I had had classes with, you know, we were not like, I think like friends in college, but friendly and she was killing it. I mean, every month, you know, it's the upline. So I was her level two, you know, and just for anyone who's never been in an MLM, you have your upline and they have their downline. And so you're level one and you're level two, you know, it's right. all like that. So this two above me, she was killing it. She, I, that's what I was seeing. Like every month she was rising the ranks. And, and as of now, like she has reached one of the highest ranks, like has the two Lexuses is, you know, a diamond ambassador. So if you look at what they say diamond ambassadors make, like she's making a six figure income, she is doing everything. And that really still adds to, I think this lasting feeling that I still have to this day, despite being a therapist, despite everything I know that it was me that couldn't hack it. I still carry that, like that it was something with me. Here's the thing though. If you look at my, my track record, I did the things I started posting. Everyone was super interested. And again, it's never about the products. The products are fine. Plexus products for me were fine. I mean, I, they did some good for me. Um, 
people got interested. Of course, at first it's my mom, my, you know, my close friend. But when I started posting, I did have people constantly messaging me. Like I've been watching your journey or I've been watching this or whatever. And they were all interested in the products. Like I did sell a lot of plexus. I never could sell the opportunity ever. And so in Plexus, you first start, your first rank is silver. So you have to have three qualified ambassadors. After that, it's gold, where I think you have to have like, I don't know, 10 I'm looking or something. Looking it's a big jump, but like I never reached that second level because everyone would buy and then they would quit. So I'm looking at the compensation plan. I, I just went on the Plexus website and I was just curious to see what's going on. And they have like a new compensation plan, like written out, which is 13 pages. Like, I mean, so this is, I mean, I I think this is brand new. Um, But I know that if this was shared with me when I had started, I would not have read this. And I'm trying to look at it now. And even now, understanding how MLMs work and the structure, this is one of the most confusing things I have ever seen. And like, you can tell that they're trying really hard to break it down as much as they can, but I can't find that chart that says um, who makes how much money, Um, which is interesting. The income uh, disclosure statement. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's probably why I, I looked up a con- compensation plan instead of an income disclosure chart. Well, and that's the thing is I I sold a lot of Plexus, right? Like I had a lot of people who bought their products, but in order to rank up, you have to sell the opportunity, which essentially means, and I remember even this going through my head, like, well, if everyone would just order products every month and then they would get other people to order products, like, it would just be stable forever. And it would just be like, what? Right. You okay, know? I, I found it. I found it. So this is from 2016 and it's on, it's a Plexus official thing. Uh, not something that like a, a ambassador made. So a regular ambassador, the lowest level, which is 82.41% of the company makes 30, you know, $301. Yep. Uh, which is like two months worth of product. Actually, it's not even, it doesn't even, cause the, the triplex package was like 150 when we were in, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, a diamond ambassador, which is 0.06% of the company makes 418,000 dollars. Wow. So, yeah. Well, and that's the thing with the diamond ambassadors is once you get to diamond, then you can re-enroll yourself mm -hmm. under yourself. And so I was seeing, um, I was following, you know, that's another thing we can get into these cult of personalities that Mm -hmm. rise to the top and you know, whatever they sold a lot. They're running a team. Like I'm not, I'm not coming for anyone that is hard work, you know, but I was seeing that. And I mean, to this day, it's like, why not me? Like, why were people not? staying or doing whatever and you know it's just been so healing to see that it's the business model and if you look at it I was with two women that I went to college with there's so much overlap right there in our network so right there the pool of people to choose from is already like shrinking and then 
I don't know. It just, I'd get people who would sign up and they'd want to do the wholesale discount. And then it just always fell apart that they would not want to buy anymore. Or it's, that's the thing, no matter what, it never was right. Okay. So either I'd have people who would want to buy every month at the discount, but they wouldn't want to share or get other people. So I like got stressed from them. Then there's the people who would sign up for the ambassador discount and they would not ever order their full amount. So in order to, for me to get money from them, they had to order a hundred quote unquote PV every month. And so I'd have people who are like, I don't need to order that much. I'll just order my 40 and I'm getting the discount. But then I didn't get anything for that. Right. And then I'd have the people who would just become an ambassador for one month and never order again. So no matter how you how it went it just I never could build a team and therefore never grow so that was my frustration the damage though was kind of more in just how these things work you know and how your upline is and what they're trying to get you to do and how it's sold to you that doing x y and z is in your best interest when it's really not so I'll pause there to see if you have any feedback so far, but that's kind of the next thing. I, I think that's where people get really excited about these podcasts because that's really what's damaging. Yeah. So one of the things that I was thinking while you were talking was that I would have people that signed up, uh, I think more for the discount as well, but then I don't know if it's because I was so excited. So they would tell me that they wanted to do what I was doing too, but they really didn't want to. And I didn't, I probably didn't make space for them to tell me they didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like I, and like, that's what they train you to do. Like they train you to be manipulative and to frame things in a way that makes people say yes and to do the thing and not really have an option to say no. Right. Um, So I definitely feel like I had some of that, like I I had some good friends that joined and then I was all excited and I'd be like, so how are we going to like help you grow your business? And like their business, like really didn't do anything. And I don't know if it was that, you know, like I said, like they just weren't as into it as I was or I, or they were trying and failing because it's a business model designed to fail. Um, but it was really frustrating because I was like I want to help you <laughs> right and it I think that because the communication wasn't you know actually clear and transparent and it was molded by uplines it was never actually genuine and well and here's where here's where the first like hair in the back of my neck stood up Um, And I wanted to touch on one thing that I've heard multiple times in podcasts about MLMs, about people like you and me who get sucked in and it's always someone when they're in a vulnerable place. And so at the time I had my son who was, I think five and my daughter who was probably two, I was a stay at home mom in graduate school. My husband was working full time for a job that he hated. And, you know, like I had my mom friends, I had people, but I think, you know, when you're a stay-at-home mom and you're in graduate school and you're kind of isolated, you know, I had my family and everything, but I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. And so 
when I joined these groups and got like like shuffled into these, you know, Facebook pages and it's like, oh my God, Heather's here on the scene. She's on the pink team. Oh my God. That feels amazing. You know, the love bombing and the, um, I feel like there's another word for it that people use in um, MLMs. I'm saying love bombing, but it's like just the like kind of descending upon me with love. Um, that was really appealing. And I really did feel like I was going to make friends and whatever um, and feeling part of something. And I quickly learned that I was part of something as long as I was useful. And so the first thing that happened was, um, I believe it was like June of 2015 that I joined. And that summer, my upline, 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 so three above, was trying for Emerald. And Emerald is like the first rank where you can earn your car and you're kind of like a big deal and you get your big bonus and you go up on stage at convention. It's like a huge thing. And she was really going for Emerald. And so we're all pushing, pushing, pushing. That's number one, like, I think was like the beginning of the end so quickly, even though I had just joined, it's like, we need to help her do this. Like, we've got to do this. Let's rally around this person. So I'm just beating my network to death for this other person to promote, Now, granted, I would promote too, obviously, like it's beneficial to me, but this whole like, we've got to do this for her. Like I was just totally swept up in that momentum. So I'm just like messaging and hammering and messaging and hammering. So I do, like I get a bunch of people to join. And then the next month, they all went what we call a white line where they had bought and then quit. Danielle, I got my ass handed to me by my upline. Like, all your people, what is this? Like, they just all quit. That's so embarrassing. Like they, I mean, like she's not going to re-rank this month. And, um, you know, if, if people are going to become ambassadors, like you really need to make sure that they're in it. And I'm like, oh my God. So mixed message right there, like sell, 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 do whatever it takes. But somehow I'm supposed to like vet people and make sure they're going to buy forever. Are you kidding me? And every month I would get this weird phone call kind of vibe from my upline. Like I would have like nervousness, like, oh my God, if somebody, you know, gets the discount, becomes an ambassador, but they, they don't purchase the next month. My upline was always like, you need to reach out to these people. And are they going to, you know what I mean? And it's like, I can't say anything else. These are people who have free will. What would you like me to do? It was literally in my head. Like, this is ridiculous. You told me to sell Plexus. I sold Plexus. I can't make people want to keep taking Plexus. I can't make people want to do things. So that right there was kind of the first, like, what is this? You know what I mean? This doesn't feel good. But somehow in my mind, it felt like I'm a crappy person because I sold all this Plexus and people don't want to come back. It's me. I'm the problem. Yes. Uh, and it just gets, it gets to be so much too, because you have all of these mixed signals and mixed messaging where, you know, it's, it's you, that's the problem. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Um, yes. <laughs> can't, yes. resist. can't resist a good Taylor Swift reference. Um, 
but it's not, it's not us. It's not our fault. This, we can't make someone like something either. Like that was their first exposure to like having products in their hand, most likely. So you have somebody who's just trying the products for the first time and they're like, sure, I'll do this way because it's cheaper. Um, and it seems like a better saving. So if I like it, it's better in the long run. And then, you know, they try it for a month and they're like, huh, I don't want to do this. This is expensive. And I didn't really feel the benefits and they probably got a headache and spent half of the month in the bathroom. Right. So so like, yeah, I wouldn't want to keep doing it either if I wasn't brainwashed. So if they weren't brainwashed yet, then they're not going to stay. Exactly. And that's the other thing too. It's like, I, again, it's not a problem with the products. Like when I did the detox, like I do feel like it had benefits for me, but beyond the detox, there's really no reason to keep taking stuff to, I mean, let's just, besides like vitamins, which let's pretend vitamins are useful or not. That's not the main thing that Plexus is selling. You know, the main thing is this like pink drink that helps balance your blood sugar and then a probiotic and then this bio cleanse that helps like clean out your intestines. Once you've cleaned everything out, like, and you keep taking that stuff, it's not fun. <laughs> like, I don't, there's no other way to say it without being like gross. It's like, I mean, I don't need to have a fecal incident in the middle of schnooks from taking these products after I've already cleaned myself out, if you know what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) there's no other way to say it, man. It's like, these products are designed to, like, affect how much you go to the bathroom. And nobody wants to keep taking that if they don't need it. Right. And also, they advertise these, well, they advertise most of the products, in my experience, as being, like, lifelong things. And what I have learned since leaving is that the probiotic is not meant to be taken long-term. I know I heard that on here and I was like, I literally, when I was listening to one of your podcasts, I like throw my phone and I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you for saying that out loud. Right. So it's what I have understood is that, and like, you know, anyone can go and try to figure out the research behind this. Like I am not saying my word is 100%. I did not do the research. Like, I'm not the scientist that did it or whatever. Well, and like right there, let's just like point out how different it is now. Please Google this. Please do your research as opposed to when we were in the MLM and it's like, don't, don't look at the, don't look at the Googles on this. Like, don't, there's no need to lift up the curtain. Please don't. (laughs) Right. Like we can already tell you that anyone that's in is going to say all good things. And anyone that's out is going to have some criticism. And if you have a legitimate company with a legitimate product, you should be able to stand up to criticism. And that's the thing is that instead of being able to back up their products and back up their companies and back up their business models, they instead use straw man attacks and just tell us that we're ugly and stupid. So, you know, and instead, like, let's, go and like figure out like google all of the ingredients in these products and figure out what you know i mean i know dr google can only get you so far like we're not all professionals in herbal medicine right but like you know if you start looking at all of these things it's just like th- this isn't meant to be long term um and 
when you go to your doctor, so I did go to my doctor and I said like, this is what I'm doing, but I was always a little weird about it. I was kind of like, I'm taking a probiotic and a, and a magnesium supplement. And like, obviously my doctor was like, well, that's, that's fine. I don't have an issue with you doing that. Like, right. you know, on the surface or like a multivitamin, but I'm not saying, Hey, I'm spending $500 a month on supplements. Right. Um, to do this, like, I mean, my doctor doesn't care about my financial health. Right. Uh, so like they, they don't know, but like, if, if they like really knew like, Hey, these people are going into debt to take supplements. Like that's madness. It's madness. madness. Well, and that was the second thing, like. The second thing that started making me feel stressed and anxious was this constant um, cognitive dissonance around, am I my own boss or am I doing someone's bidding? And, you know, I now realize I was doing someone else's bidding constantly under the illusion that I was my own boss. That's called gaslighting. That's called manipulation. And here's my, here are my receipts. So first, you know, there's this big Facebook group. And again, I told you, I'm seeing this person like two above me, who's like got this huge following, who, you know, she's doing motivational speaking every day and people are like, oh my God, yeah. And I was really, obviously as someone in training to be a therapist, I love that stuff. You know, I, I really, that's something that I really was interested in, in terms of like making it big and plexus because I really thought like I would be great at that. Like I would be a great like coach and helping people, you know, achieve their dreams. And I really wanted that. And so one of the things I did was I created my own team page. Okay. Because why are we doing this? Like I, I'm my, I'm a boss babe, right? Like I'm trying to grow my own leg and I'm trying to grow my own big team. Got my hands slapped for that. So me too. Yeah. And it's like, we really, it's too many pages. Like we need people put in the main page. And I'm like, what main page? Like these people don't know you. Like they don't, my people do not know, like, you know, after a certain point, do not know you. Like they're joining for me. They want to be led by me. I'm the one who motivated them. And so that was also one of these things that's like, um, duplicate the way I'm doing it. You can't do it your own way. And meanwhile, I'm like, but your way isn't working for me. Hence you yelling at me over the summer that I got all these people to join and they're not staying. Ugh. I'm going to take a little hyperventilation pause for a second. <laughs> stuff gets me going more than like three shots of espresso. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the like contradictions are just absolutely abundant in MLM culture. And it's so interesting because, you know, you're told that you can do things your own way, that you're your own boss. I was told that I could pick and choose who I wanted on my team. Like, yeah, right. Cause there was one person that was interested and I was like, I can't work with this person. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it. And they were like, well, you can pick and choose like who you want. And I'm like, but then I'm turning someone away who is going to help me build my team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't actually make sense to turn people away uh, in this business model. Like you would be hurting yourself more than you would be helping yourself potentially. Well, I mean, like numbers wise and everything. So it just never really made sense. 
Um, so the other thing going on at that time was where like, am I own my, am I my own boss or not was my direct upline. And again, I, she's trying to build a business. Like I get it. I don't fault any of these people. They're in, you know, they're in the MLM, they're doing the deal. I, I, this isn't to be hateful or hurtful to anyone. And I can see what she was doing, but it was this constant, like, how about we meet once a week? Okay, that's great. I'm totally happy. I'll get coaching once a week. And this is how coaching would go. You know, you only need five more people to get goals. And I'd be like, yes. Okay. How do we do it? Okay. So you just need five more people to get goals. So good for you. Go out and get five more people to become goals and you can get five more people and you'll be gold. I am not kidding. That is literally like how the coaching would go. And I'd be like, okay, how do I get the people? I've already posted every day. I've done it three times. I are, you know, whatever. So there was never any like, here's how we prospect and actually get people outside of our network, our friends and family to join. And the coaching was always just showing me this stupid fucking compensation plan and telling me the obvious, you know, you only need five more people. Oh, good. You only need five more people. I'm like, this is not coaching. Like, this is not coaching. I don't know. This is not helpful to me whatsoever, but there, so then every week, I don't know if it was every week or every couple weeks, but like, she's really putting this pressure, like to be successful, you need to meet with your upline to get, be successful. You need to be attending the, like our, you know, little gatherings or whatever we're doing. And looking back, it's like, no, that was just always meant to rev me up so that I would go and burn out my network once again, because here's the real thing. Whether or not I ever became gold did not matter to them. Because if I did get just one person, that was helpful to them. Because if they have 10 people all getting just one person, they're ranking up. Meanwhile, I'm burning out my network, burning the bridges, getting blocked by people, you know, under the skies of like, just go harder. No is a maybe. So, you know, that was stressful. I'm like taking time away from my family to go get on these like, quote unquote, coaching calls that are not coaching. That's not coaching. Coaching is if you do this, X, Y, and Z will improve. You don't go to a personal trainer and they're like, you know, if you lifted 35 pounds, you'd be stronger. Like, <laughs> no, how do I do it? Like, where am I getting stronger? Like, what, what am I doing? What's the exercise? You just lift weights and you're stronger, girl. You're going to be stronger. You would not know who would do that. Call right. me out if I'm making false comparisons too. Call me out. No, I totally agree. And like, even now too. So I'm thinking about like my quote unquote coaching. And it was, I remember I had lists and lists and lists of people. Your uh, Frank's list. <laughs> yeah, I had so many people on my list. And like, I'm embarrassed that I have lists of people's names that I was like, going to try to get to buy my pyramid scheme products, in my opinion. Um, but here we are. Um, and what was I going with that? Um, well, it's the network and we're burning out our network, you know, yeah. and again, I'm, I don't know what it would have been like under different circumstances. 
I don't know if I would have been more successful. I don't, I mean, ultimately the business model is set up for you to fail. I mean, I don't, it's, and I hear that a lot of people are saying like the business model is set up for you to fail. I don't think the business model wants you to fail. It's just that there's no way that you can really be successful with it. You know, they say like duplication, duplication, but it's really not, that's, that's false. That's right. it's, it's false. Well, so mathematically it's impossible, but also like the business model, like when you look at it really from the company, the company is always advertising to us, the ambassador. So right. the business model is that we continue to buy products. Yeah. That's what 100%. they want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like they don't care if we recruit or not. I mean, sure. Like they would like it, but like ultimately they just want us to keep buying products and we yeah. have to keep buying products because we have to be a product of the product. Right. So I think, you know, I start getting a little weirded out, you know, with the whole that, per, you know, the person who had, that's another thing they got to Emerald. And then there's this big trip to Hawaii that you get if you go Emerald and that person didn't go. And they also didn't get their Lexus. And I asked my up my two upline, I'm like, why aren't they going, you know, why aren't they going on this trip? Like, why aren't they getting the Lexus? Oh, it just doesn't fit their family. Oh, it just doesn't work for them. And now looking back, and again, this is my opinion. I'm like, either that she ranked up and she knew she wasn't going to re-rank and keep getting that bonus or where are the extra fees? Like what, you know, what is this trip to Hawaii? Like, what do you actually have to pay for? And again, I don't know those things. I just thought it was weird that someone ranked up to Emerald where it's that, you know, that's the whole shtick, right? Like you get a car, you get this trip and they're just not going. Okay. What? Like what? Mm, that dog don't hunt. So. So yeah. Um, looking back at the income disclosure, uh, point. 15% of the company is Emerald. And that's the first six figure income like spot. And yeah, I would agree with you either. They did not hold their rank because that's another really deceiving thing that these companies do is that they kind of set it up. So you can buy, like they obviously, the companies all discourage you buying your rank. Right. But like you can do it still. So you can buy your rank and then you rank up and then you can't hold the rank, but you can still publicly say that you're an Emerald, even though you're not like right. actually holding that rank and you can hit it once and you can forever say that you're an Emerald. Yes, exactly. So the thing that really was causing a lot of stress for me was number one, I th it kind of broke my heart, like looking back, thinking about how I came in and it's like, we're so happy to have you here and I'm getting all this attention and I was selling stuff like so fast. And then once I went through and burnt out my network and I had nowhere else to go. And then now I'm the problem child who has all these white lines and all of these, you know, isn't producing anymore. And I, I really felt like the kid on the sidelines who like, wasn't getting picked for kickball anymore. Again, that's my feelings. I don't, I'm not saying anyone was doing that to be mean to me, but that's just how I felt. And um, it made me just, I think, frustrated in terms of 
I'm doing all the right things. I made my Frank's list. I sold Plexus. And now it's like, I go, I would look at my account and it's like all these people who like, you know, didn't want to purchase anymore or, you know, purchased once and didn't like it. And then it would always be that there were two things that end of the month call, like I already kind of alluded to like, Hey, do you know you're only five away from gold? And then they'd be suggesting that I like go ahead and like reach out to all my inactive ambassadors. That's like, who does that? Like every month, someone who literally said, I'm not purchasing this anymore, isn't purchasing. You want me to go contact them again monthly. And when I ever gave pushback about that, it was like, you know, it was something wrong with me. Like I, like I was being obstinate or difficult or like, why wouldn't I? Because they said no. And it's been 30 days. Like, you know, well, the fruit is in the follow-up, Heather. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. And let's just pretend that's true, right? These people already were followed up with and declined, you know? And so every, at the end of every month, it would be the like, you know, wanting me to just run through these like dead leads. And if I'm like, this doesn't feel good. And it's basically like, how hard do you want it? How bad do you want it? Like, how hard are you willing to work? Are you willing to go to any lengths? And I'm like, I'm willing to go to any lengths for something that will work, but I know this isn't working and it's not in my best interest. So then I would go quiet. Like I think off and on, like every other month, I'd be like, oh my God, I don't want to do this anymore. This is stressful. So I kind of go quiet. And then you'd get the text. Hey girl, how's it going from your upline? Hey girl, how's it going? And I'd be like, God fucking damn it. Like if I answer this, it's going to be, if I don't answer, it's rude. If I do answer, I know what this is. So I'd be like, I'm good right away. You've been quiet lately. Can I help you with anything? You know what I mean? Like always trying to pull me back in. And it was that awkward, but now this is what I always tell all of my clients. I'm like, the biggest key to being a well-adjusted person is to turn 40 because you don't give a fuck after 40. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I can tell you like all the things, but there is something about your 40th birthday where you're like, I don't give a fuck. And I will tell you to fuck off. But I wasn't 40 yet. I was a little baby in my 30s. So I didn't know how to, you know, it was that fear of like, I didn't want to lose friends. I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to look like a quitter. I didn't, you know, want people to be mad at me. So I would every time like it's okay. Yeah, I can, I can contact a few more people and then wash, rinse, repeat. And like, okay. So let's like actually think about when you sign up a person, okay, so even realistically, you get one person, like, realistically, quote, unquote, uh, <laughs> you get one person a week. It's a lot of work to onboard someone. Yes. Oh. Like, okay, so you want me to recruit five people in the next three days before the end of the month turns, and I'm going to have to spend all of the next, like, three weeks onboarding these people to get them to understand everything and then they get their products and then I have to help them like slowly start the products like okay so the first day you're only going to take one of this and then the second day you're going to take two yes. of this and like you know you kind of have to hold people's hand through the whole thing through one being an ambassador and then also through learning how to use the products so you spend so much time on this and then you're gonna also be expected to recruit five more people the next month like it's so much work. Like 
that and that's one of the biggest issues about these things is it is way more work than you're getting paid Danielle, for. Danielle, <laughs> no, it's not. You can do it in the nooks and crannies of your life. Okay. The nooks and crannies, the nooks and crannies while your daughter's napping, while you're, you know, give me a break. Give me, a, give me a break. Cause you know what that, you know what that is? The nooks and crannies. That means you're never having any downtime in life. That's called a road to burnout. <laughs> like we need nooks and crannies in our life for mental reset, not to talk about poop. Yeah. What do you mean? I said it. I said what I said. <laughs> you don't want to talk about poop all the time? My husband would be so disappointed oh if I stopped God. talking about poop. Oh my God. Well, and that's, I'm circling back again. I made a note while you were talking, it sparked just another um, just point of what the fuck. Every time someone's trying to promote, right, they start throwing out major incentives, okay? So to become a Plexus ambassador, it's $35 annual fee, and then you have to purchase a welcome pack or you have to purchase like your initial products. And so um, in order to incentivize people, the upline would be like, if they join, I'll cut them a check for $20 or I'll take $10 off of their joining fee. So they would do that to like drive these promotions. And then it added to the wrath that I would get and the, uh, the downlines would get if these people didn't join again. And it's like, it just was so stressful. Like it was, well, I gave them a $10 incentive and they're not ordering again. And I'm like, and what would you like me to do? Like, what would you like me to do? Like what? I don't know what to say to that. Now that's 40 year old Heather talking. 35 year old Heather was like, I'm sorry. I'll talk to them. Or so that whole like, eh, I'm sorry, like master that I picked the wrong person that I did help you promote, but now I'm not, you know, helping to like maintain your house of cards. That person goes out and starts berating my network. I mean, the, I literally, oh my God, like the way that I acted to my mom and my sister and my friends, like just desperado oh my god like we need to do a parody song of the desperado and like somebody needs to take that song and spin it into a boss babe situation because that was my theme song and I came I very much came across that way very much desperado and I would I was like mom 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 so-and-so is trying to promote like you have to order your products this month mom you have to do it by midnight I mean I would be like aggressive and so frustrated because I I don't know why honestly I don't know because it really wasn't for me to promote I knew I wasn't gonna make gold I knew it was to help my uplines promote and I was getting swept up in this quote-unquote cause And I wanted to be seen as, oh my God, Heather, it was you. You are the one who helped me get to Ruby. You are the one who helped me get to Emerald. It's you. You know, like, do you need extra parking validation? Well, wait, hold on. What is that joke? Can I validate your, oh my God, what is the joke? I cannot remember. But basically (laughs) I was eating up all this external validation constantly like a drug. It was, it was like a drug to me. Absolutely. Do you feel like you had similar experiences? 
Yeah, I do feel like I had similar experiences. It was um, a lot of me trying to like my, so my uplines in plexus were actually super laid back, like the people directly above me. So it was a lot of me being in the team pages and watching the like up, up, up lines uh do everything and I was like well I want to be them so like I'm gonna do all of this stuff and like and then like when I would try and I think that if anything I was probably I had more of a mega hun mindset than like my two uplines in plexus did because they were like they definitely were not perfect by any means but they were not really trying to super occasionally they would try to get me to like push for ranks for them and stuff like that but um overall it was really me pushing myself and like trying to be like everyone else and to fit in and to also like get that validation I wanted the validation on the big team page and like I could never get it because I was never good enough I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a mega hun, you know, I wanted to be a mega hun, not because of the products. Like I really thought in my head, like I can help people. I can be, you know, this would be what I'm good at. And I, you know, who doesn't want to, you know, quit their job and take their family, like driving around the United States in an RV for their job. Like that, some of the mega huns I followed, like that was their shtick. Like we sold our house and we live in an RV because we have financial freedom and we can work from anywhere. And, you know, I, I did kind of light another fire under myself when I found these two um, I don't even remember their names, but they were friends and they were, I think, sideline sisters and they, you know, they had some approach, this is like, they had this approach to try to actually get people out of the network and it was just get as many friends as you can on Facebook and you're always adding new friends to Facebook so it doesn't, you know, and you're going to have this lifestyle that they want and they're going to want to, you know, they're going to be interested in you so like let's put that in real terms. I'm going to just walk around love bombing people so that they'll become my Facebook friends so that I can really, you know, manipulate them into joining my pyramid scheme. I mean, that's not being an authentic and genuine person, but yet here we are. And I tried all the things like I tried, you know, creating an Instagram and this was before like influencers, you know what I mean? Like now there are influencers, like I was trying to show um, look at me, like, look what I'm doing. I'm so fun. I'm so this, I'm so that follow my Instagram so that you can see all this great stuff I'm doing. And I truly believe that if I ranked up and I got more things that people would be interested in joining me. And it just, I never could get past like the first big level. I just always had attrition. I always would get people interested and they were not interested anymore. And it just, wash, rinse, repeat over and over and over. But I thought it was me and I was the problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I remember I, I'm wondering if we, uh, we're following the same people. We'll have to talk about that offline. Yeah. Uh, but the living your life out of an RV, uh, a lot of people like my like big uplines were nurses and they lived at one of them lived out of an RV and it was just like 
they were, and they were really pretty. They were, so they were really pretty, yes. they had a really pretty family. And they like had this like niche lifestyle that seemed really cool. And like what they would do is they would teach you to just uh, get as many Facebook friends as, as you were saying. Um, and they would tell you like, okay, like you have to like not post about Plexus too much, but you need to make sure you're posting about it enough. And you want to be really subtle about it. But like, nobody could do like, I felt like all of the Plexus posts were very like copy and paste and like, oh, for sure. Infomercially. But then when like the mega huns at the top were doing it, like the double diamonds and stuff, they were like, you know, they could just post like a casual, beautiful picture of their pretty pink drink and like a nice bottle. And then just be like at the park with my kids and like, like something that doesn't have anything to do with anything. And they would somehow be double diamond. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Right. I think that's still where my head goes. I still feel like I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't this enough. It was me. It was me. You know, there's still that part of me that feels like I just didn't have what it takes to like to cut it. No, I didn't have what it takes to be a liar. Like that's how I honestly feel. Um, I just, I wasn't willing to go to any lengths. I wasn't willing to, you know, post things that weren't true. I wasn't willing to you know, post these like thirst traps, like, oh my God, this paid for Christmas. Like, no, because it really didn't. You know what I mean? And I, I did blur lines. I mean, I can't remember now. And I scrubbed like all of that from, I have taken, I went through Facebook and every group that I was in and whatever, like I got all of that out of my life like years ago, but you know, that's when it started feeling bad to me is when my brain started saying, you know, Heather, to really like go, like you're to really make it, you're going to have to, you know, not be authentic. Like you're going to have to make a fake Instagram life for yourself. You're going to have to, you know, pretend that you're someone who gets up and puts makeup on every day. You're going to pretend, you're going to have to pretend to be crunchy. You're going to have to pretend to hate coffee. That's not who I am. Like, it's just not. So again, the cognitive dissonance that started happening with, if I really want to be all in and I want to be an influencer, then I'm going to have to not be me started to really weigh on me. What really saved me. So I had my third child in 2016 and I just, it, it was actually nice because it was just a take a, obviously if you just have a baby, no one's going to mess with you, right? Like no one's going to message you. Like, I think at least in my upline, there was still things that were sacred, you know, like if someone just had a baby, they're on maternity leave or they're whatever, like you're not going to push them to do anything. So that was having the break. Like after I had my third child was the place where I started feeling like, oh, it's nice to really have space from this. And it's nice to feel protected from this. And then honestly, just starting my practicum in graduate school and it creating something else for me to be grounded to. And then also just kind of like, I literally don't have time for this. One of the nice things about being a therapist is when you're working, you are off the grid, right? So, I mean, and one of the nice things about it, if you're trying to escape an MLM anyway, you're, you're off the grid. So I could just be like, oh, sorry, like I can't message anyone because I'm in session all day. 
you know, or I have to do this. And um, it was just, I didn't have to really make any decisions. I didn't have to um, actually come out and quit. I didn't have to even like worry about it. I just had this blanket, sorry, like I'm, I'm running groups. I'm in session. I can't, I can't help. Bye. You know, so that felt good when those texts would come in terms of you've been quiet lately. Then I had an answer. Oh, sorry. I've just been really busy with work. So that was kind of the beginning of the end for me is when that, that was what saved me, honestly, is having this other thing to transition into. Absolutely. And I would agree that um, that's one of the things that really helped me too. Uh, when I was leaving Arbonne was I was getting my license. I was taking my test. And when I failed my test the first time, because I was spending so much time doing Arbonne, like yeah. I, it was taking up so much of my life. And I was like, okay, like I need to back off. And then even though I was trying to back off, they were trying to push me to continue to sell, sell, sell. And eventually, like I, I did back off even more. And what really got me was I said, hey, I need to back off so I can study for my test. And I started to notice that they started to unfriend me, even though I was still active. Yeah. Like, I was still active. I was still ordering. I was still helping the customers that I had, but I got unfriended by like my grandma upline and I was like what happened I thought we were friends like we were talking and just because I stepped back for a couple of months to study you're you're gonna unfriend me like that's not very warm and welcoming of you yeah well and that's basically something very similar happened to me is you know I had my third child I did kind of have a resurgence like in the beginning of 2017, like, okay, I'm back. I'm going to try to do this again. And um, I quickly, you know, just again, not working. So then I'm doing my um, practicum. I'm finishing, I'm graduating and I really start going quiet. And I just felt like all of a sudden these people that I had been friends with or friendly with I wasn't seeing them interact with me on Facebook anymore. I wasn't seeing any interaction from them at all. And then in the summer of 2018, my dad actually passed away suddenly and traumatically. Nobody said a word. Like no one even said anything, you know, and whether or not they knew or not or whatnot, I don't know, because I don't know if they unfollowed me on Facebook. I never was unfriended, but literally like nobody message and said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. One sideline sister who I did become friends with. So there were, there was like one person I'd become friends with. And then my direct upline who had already left Plexus um, messaged me, but everyone else, no, no messages. No, I'm sorry. No condolences. And so that's when I just called in and just completely canceled my ambassadorship. And apparently people were like, so I don't know. It was like the shock and surprise whatever. But one thing I wanted to say that just came to me about my direct upline had gone, um, I think she made it to the Ruby level. And then right after, and it was really a struggle for her to make it to that level, which that's like a for uh, really another, it's below Emerald. So it's one of the big ones, like you're starting to become a big wig or whatnot. Um, she kind of went quiet. And then they were talking all this shit on her being a check collector. So that's like another thing where 
hey, join this MLM, you'll have residual income. So then I, if you join and let's say all these people join for you, but you're not really interested in leading a team, or maybe you did lead the team and now you don't want to anymore. If you bow out, but you still have people buying from you and you're still active, everyone is slamming you for being a quote unquote check collector. So, you know, but where does it say in the contract, like you have to be leading a team? No, you are told buy your products get other people to join you, totally fair, but it's always, the benchmark is always moving constantly. Right, yeah. I, I remember that feeling too of people being like upset with people for like stepping back and still collecting checks. And I was just like, but isn't that what residual income is? Yes, right? But what it was- That's literally is- the definition of residual income. That's literally the definition of passive income. That's like, that's like, that's what it is. So that's what you're selling people. And then you're mad at them when they take advantage of it. No, no thanks. Right. And the issue is, is that what they want is for you to drop either keep going and keep recruiting or drop up. So drop out so they can get all of your downline to bump up a little, and then they get more money from your downline that's active. Oh, that's something that I had to know. I wanted to see what your thoughts are because I don't, this is my opinion, but I was like always trying to work the game. Right. So like I would have people who maybe didn't want to sell, but I was like, well, if I can get them under me and then I can put people under them and they start getting like that residual income, maybe it'll motivate them or whatever. Like I, you know, you just kind of start working the schemes. My upline was like, no, no, hand slap, slap on the hand. No, no, because you should not stack people under. It's going to mess you up. It's going it's to be bad for you. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, but really it's bad for you because me stacking people under others creates more distance between them and the upline, which has to do with how much money they get from it or how many people are in their leg. So I don't know. Is that on the line or do you feel like that really was in my best interest? Because I felt like no, you don't want me to do this because it's bad for you, not because it's bad for me. So I have some conflicting thoughts. Um, I agree with what you're saying, but I also think that um, people like, so it all depends on the compensation plan. Like for instances, Q Sciences compensation plan is designed for stacking. Uh, like that, that's just the way it works. So it really varies compensation plan to compensation plan about how they work. Um, but I would also say that they want you to have people directly under you because you are more in than the other person is. So you are more (laughs) likely to be able to control that person and to get them to do what you want them to do. And if you put them under someone else, they're going to be like, well, like, who are you? Like, right. And then also it puts a weird taste in people's mouths too so it's like okay well I'm joining under Heather and then all of a sudden you get this welcome link and it's like and it says that your upline or like your direct ambassador is Sam or whatever I don't know Um, well and I totally get that this honestly the the instance that I'm talking about was I had recruited my best friend she didn't really want to sell I can't remember what the logic was. I can't remember what was going on, but essentially I was like selling in her, like our mutual groups of friends. So people who knew her 
And I don't know why I was trying to build a team for her, but somehow I thought it would be beneficial. And it just seems like this visceral reaction that my upline had was just, there was something inauthentic about it. And here's the thing. If you're not really being genuine and helping people do what is in their best interest all the time, then maybe the one time that it was, it's still not going to ring true, you know? Yeah. So I like from a psychology standpoint, I agree with what you're saying. Like it makes more sense to want to be like, oh, look at you're making some money. And then like, they might be like, oh, well, this is interesting. Like maybe if I do this, I'll make a little more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's like, you get that first like $50 and you're like, Ooh, okay. Like Walmart doesn't give me $50 when I yeah. buy their stuff. So, you know, you get that little drop of money and it can, it can light that fire. Uh, but I think Plexus's compensation plan is meant to be built wide. Um, so if you're building deep instead of wide, it's worse for you and also worse for your upline. So also worse for your upline. Yeah. I wanted to also add in here when I, (laughs) like the money that I spent, like getting a life coach, um, to help me solve my motivation problems. Um, So this was also like when I was in the thick of it and when I was feeling like it's me, you know, am I the villain? Am I the drama? Like I felt like it was, you know, a me thing. So I had found this life coach and she actually was also a licensed therapist. And I don't think she did anything unethical. That's not what I'm saying, but I I did want to use it as kind of a segue to talk about life coaching versus therapy and how I see certain things. So like I came in and I'm like, I have these goals and I want to do this and I want to reach this level. And so the life coach, her style was to use what's called the model, which literally is cognitive behavioral therapy, right? So, you know, if this is what you want, what is the thought you need to think to create the feeling that you would need to get the result you're looking for? So that's my first issue right there is like, you did not create cognitive behavioral therapy. Thank you, Dr. Aaron Beck, who did create it. And I, you know, whatever, that's like a whole, I just, it's disingenuous to me to not give someone else credit for what is happening. But anyone who knows about cognitive behavioral therapy knows that it has a specific time and place. I love CBT. I use it all the time, but it's not good for every situation. And when used wrong, it does lead to that toxic positivity. Because in my head, I was telling myself, I'm thinking that I can't do this. And that's the reason I'm not doing it. When, if someone came to me as a therapist and was like, I, I have all these goals and I have this and that we would like peace out. What is, what are the feelings you have? What are the fears you have? What is an authentic gut feeling that you are having that maybe this isn't working? What are the facts? What are the receipts? Not just, you know, keep thinking positive thoughts, keep thinking good thoughts, keep thinking thoughts that will motivate you. Um, which really I was being motivated to go against my gut feelings. Um, And a licensed therapist was kind of helping to help me to do that. I don't know. Thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which in fairness is what I asked her to do. 
you know, that's what I wanted. So I don't think she was wrong. I don't think that she was like unethical necessarily. I'm just saying this is a thing that I have with coaching in general. I have a real issue with stuff like that. Yeah, I have an issue with that too. Um, Hashtag Rachel Hollis. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I think that one of my biggest issues with like the life coach industry is that it's unregulated. And in some ways that's really helpful. Like for instance, like me and you can only help people in our States that we're licensed in, which, um, is great, except for when you have a longstanding relationship with a client and then all of a sudden they go to college or, um, or you're in the middle of trauma work and then someone decides they need to move across the state because they can't afford to live where they live anymore. Continuity of care for sure. Right. So like, these are all very big issues that reside in the therapy industry and really should be addressed now that we have so much access to telehealth and, you know, it's not going anywhere. Telehealth is here to stay. Um, But one of the problems is, is that a lot of times, or sometimes, I guess I should say, therapists will lose their license because they're unethical and they've broken like the laws that are in place for us to follow to keep people safe and to keep ourselves safe and then they lose their license and then they just become a life coach and they've made really big faux pas and you know not that I don't believe in remediation but it just makes me really upset that someone who has potentially hurt someone and lost their license because of it is now still helping people and probably charging more money than they were as a therapist. Right. Exactly. I think too, life coaching can be tricky because, you know, there's this whole thing called clinical judgment as therapists. I think anybody in the mental health field or behavioral health, even the medical field, right? Like like that's what you get from your continuing education and your hours that you've worked under, you know, someone mentoring you and just this whole thing of clinical judgment. And in layman's terms, it means I know when to hold them and know when to fold them. I know how to push people properly. I am trained to do that. I know when to push harder. I know when to not push. I know that saying things in a certain way could be triggering for some people. And when you're a coach and you're just going based off the fact that you know, let's just use weight loss, for example, if I just lost a bunch of weight, and then I want to become a life coach around it. And that's really my only credential is that I was successful myself, what am I going to do? I'm just going to want everyone to do it the way that I did it. That can be damaging to people, it just can. And it feeds into this whole like toxic positivity, how much do you want it? It's all in your head, it's this and that. And it's really creating people to go against their gut instincts, which serve us for a purpose. If it doesn't feel good, it's probably not good. If somebody messaging you at the end of the month is literally making you have anxiety, it's probably not good for you for a reason. Right. And I'm not saying that there aren't good life coaches out there that do good work and whatever. Like I'm I'm sure there are there that do that but it just it's also kind of insulting like because I feel like in a lot of ways they like present themselves as like therapist adjacent 
And I worked so hard for my degree. I worked so hard to get where I am today. And I know like, and we get paid pennies to come into this field and we do a lot of free labor uh, to get where we are. And there's a lot of things that are unfair. And just because we went through things that are unfair doesn't mean that everyone else does, but we have this road that's set up for this profession for people that want to help people. And I just don't like that there are all of these like workarounds for people to potentially be really harmful and kind of use like knockoff therapy and charge people a lot of money. You don't get to put life coaching on your insurance. And there's a reason for that. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm with you too. Like this is, if you are out there and you have a life coach you're working with and they are working for you and that is helping you like more power to you, but I'm coming up from it on the standpoint of there are people who, you know, might be traumatized by working with someone like this or might be getting bad information. You know, I just, if, if someone came into my office and was like, I have these goals I want to hit. I'm so motivated. I want to do it. I would not be like, okay, let's just simply use cognitive behavioral therapy. We're going to look at everything. We're going to look and see if there's cognitive dissonance. We're going to talk about gaslighting. We're going to talk about like why this doesn't feel good. You know, on the flip side, if there's someone coming in and saying like, I'm not getting anywhere and we discover that it's like a truly like an effort situation that would be on the table. But, you know, just being able to call someone and say, I want to be successful in an MLM and them just trying to motivate you through it, that dog don't hunt. The math isn't mathing. Right, exactly. Um. And and like I said, I know that there are good life coaches out there. If you're listening and you're a life coach, I'm sorry, I probably already offended you by now. You might've already shut this off, but, um, you know, it's just, it's just not for me. Uh, I, I don't really support the industry. Um, I, I, I think that it's very harmful, but that there are also really harmful therapists. And I know that because I work with clients who have had therapists who have absolutely traumatized them. And so, you know, however, when you have someone like that, there is a licensing board you can contact and you, there are means of disciplining said person, having them taken out of the, you know, industry. There's, I feel like way more recourse is my only caveat, but yeah, we're not all perfect either. You know, don't go to a therapist who hasn't done their own work. You know what I mean? Like we, we need to be 10 steps ahead of the people we're treating. Right. Absolutely. It's absolutely appropriate and okay for you to ask if your therapist has been in therapy or is in current therapy. And, um, it's okay for you to say, you know what, like you haven't done the work and I don't, I don't really want to work with you. Uh, like that's totally okay. If that's where you're at. Um, I mean, there, I'm sure there are good therapists that have never gone to therapy before. So like, you know, you got, you got to figure out what's the right fit for you. And that's very important, but, um, yeah, I, I believe that I go to therapy. I've been in and I've been out. So like, it's, it's all about where you are and recognizing when you need more support and, you know, being able to say, I need help. And if your therapist is not able to ask for help when they need it, that's a problem. How are well, they supposed to I help just, you get help? <laughs> I just think going back to this time of 2015 to like 2018, that I think looking back seemed to be some kind of sweet spot for like 
you know, the on the onslaught that we all saw of MLMs on social media. And then you add the whole Rachel Hollis movement, which I don't have anything against Rachel Hollis. I honestly, like I downloaded the audiobook Girl, Wash Your Face, and everyone was like, oh my God, this is great. I got through 10 minutes. I couldn't even listen to it while walking my dog. It just did not click for me. However, it did normalize the toxic positivity. So it took that toxic positivity that we were getting in our Facebook groups of just call your people every month or just work harder or just do this. And it took it and it put a brand on it and it put a best-selling New York Times label on it. And that just kind of reinforced, I have to be the problem because otherwise this industry and this person wouldn't be able to write a book and everyone wouldn't be buying the book if it was me just not wanting to get up and wash my face. Clearly that's the problem. If I would just want to get up and wash my face and be a boss babe every day, I would be hitting diamond level. So then I'd go and do that again and then not have the success and then feel, feel like crap and over and over and over again. So I did want to just wrap up my MLM story. And then I wanted to talk about how I got into anti-MLM. But so I did fully quit in 2018. I completely went inactive, not inactive. Like I was like, take me off. I don't want to be a white line. I don't want to be an ambassador. I'm not an ambassador anymore. <sighs> so then comes... August of 2020, and actually one of the women who I had recruited to be under me was still doing the deal. Sweet person, still thinks she's a great person. Again, we're not coming for the people. She messages me and she messages this, and I do believe it was heartfelt. I do believe she's a genuine person. It was not a hun message. It was, hey, like, I had been really excited to do Plexus with you and to have you as my upline and to have you as, you know, leading me. And when you left, it was really hard for me. And, you know, would you ever be interested in coming back? And I looked at it and I was like, all right, well, that's fair. So we started talking and she really wanted me to come back. And I, at that point I was like, I do actually like the products and, you know, so I did sign back up under her. And I never, I was a therapist at this point. I mean, I was fully licensed at this point. So I really was not trying to be a mega hun at that point, but um, I still had that. I need to give this one more try. Like I, it had to have been me. And now, you know, it's been a few years. I have a new network. I have new people. Maybe I can build a little team and have like this extra money. So I start doing it and girl, I'm telling you, like I had a Facebook party and a bunch of people came, but that stress of like, oh my God, are they going to buy? Or they had been an ambassador before. Now it's not going through. Like now they can't sign up under me. So someone has to like go in and get them canceled from before so that they can be under me. And like, or this person's like on the fence and we just have to keep going back and forth. Like I could not stand it. It's just all that stress of it's not working or the website's not working or, you know, they're buying it and they have all these questions, like on top of the job I was actually doing. Um, then my upline, upline, you know, my upline two up um, was genuinely trying to help. Um, and this is, was her shtick before is that she felt like these products had really helped her like overcome health things, which maybe they did. But she would, like, she'd get in messages with people and really 
sell on these health benefits. And I don't know, the new network of moms that I had become friends with um, were really uncomfortable with that. And they messaged me and they're like, Heather, my sister is a doctor. Like the things that she's saying, like she, it doesn't even matter if they're true. Like she should not be trying to tell me how to, you know, deal with my thyroid issues. Like that's totally, it weirded people out, you know, and that weirded me out. And I did write down a note, like one of the stupid things they would say. And one of the, like the misleading things with Plexus specifically, you know, because they want people to poop and they want to get your poop right. They're so against Miralax. They hate Miralax. And you know what they tell people about Miralax? You're putting something in your body that has the same ingredients as antifreeze. And it's not fucking true. I think like I read something or listened again, go do your own research. Cause I'm not like, I want this to be, you know, everyone figure it out yourself, but yes, there is an, an one ingredient that also is in antifreeze or something like that but like the level that it's in there is so minuscule that it wouldn't do anything negative you know what I mean but they sell it like you're if you use Miralax you are using antifreeze you're putting antifreeze in your body that's not true yes I remember that too I mean it's just the things that I said and did to try to get a quick buck are embarrassing. And I do have moments where I want to post on Facebook and be like, Hey guys, like, I know it's been, Hey huns, <laughs> Hey girls. Hey guys. I know it's been years since I've done this, but I do feel like I was offensive. And if I ever offended anyone, I'm sorry, Daniel, I am scared. Like, I, that scares. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear what people would say to that. I I'm not ready for that. I, that scares me to think of people being like, yeah, you really did make an ass of yourself. Yeah, you really were. I did, you know, make amends with my mom. And I told her, I was like, mom, I'm embarrassed. Like, I'm ashamed of myself for how I acted. And she was like, oh, honey, she's like, this was like the clincher. She wasn't like, you didn't, you were fine. She was like, oh, honey, I just always thought it was that high pressure sales of all those girls you were with. So yeah, my mom's basically telling me, in her nice mom way, girl, you acted a fool, like, and no one could stop you. Um, I'm, you know, I said something about it to my sister. I said, you know, I just found out I was in a cult and, you know, I didn't get it. Cause again, I don't want to hear what people say. I'm not ready for that. I'm just not, um, that will come. But the way that this all happened with me getting in the anti MLM movement, I was actually out having some cocktails, I think maybe three months ago over the summer with one of my longtime friends who had dipped her toe in the LuLaRoe business. And she had a girlfriend of hers had actually like bought the LuLaRoe stuff. They were using my friend, let's just say her name's Susie. They were using Susie's house to, you know, have the racks and have the room and she was going to help. She didn't front any money, but she was a business partner was going to help, you know, do the Facebook lives and all that. And so we were talking about it and we were like, just kind of joking about that time period. And um, she was like, I think they even made a documentary about that. And I was like, what? So I go straight home and I put Lula Rich on. And I, I mean, who is not going to just become a fangirl of Roberta Blevins? I mean, that girl is just like the authenticity that just, that's, she's just like a walking, 
I want to be her best friend type person. And I just could not get enough of her on that documentary. I just, everything she would say, everything I was learning. So then I go to the interwebs and I'm on TikTok and I found her on TikTok and I just went down this rabbit hole and I was like, I was in a cult. I did not know that there is like, I, it wasn't just me, you know, and hearing all of your stories about, no, we sold all the things too. And we were, I sold thousands of dollars in Plexus and was considered unsuccessful, you know, and it, it's just baffles my mind. And hearing all of y'all's stories, I think from there, I went into the anti-MLM group and then I found your podcast and the, the woman that you had been friends with or you made friends and there, whatever, I found you. And then I'm like, oh my God, like I'm not alone. This is so crazy. There's a name for this. This is a thing. I can't believe it. Oh my God. I mean, had I never talk to Susie Q about LuLaRoe and watch LuLaRoe. Was I ever going to think about Plexus ever again? No. Was I carrying like a huge bag of shame that was messing with my current life? No. But learning about it and really digging and processing, it has just been amazing for me. It just really has. It has been so healing. Absolutely. I'm so glad to have you on the other side now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, it's a cult, 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 cult. Can't believe it. So yeah, that's how I came to the anti-MLM side. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's just not really anything to say. It's just icky. I just feel icky and ugh about that time in my life. I'm still unpacking it. Yeah, it, it's a, definitely a journey. So, you know, as you continue to go along, like, I mean, now I've been doing this podcast for over a year now, and I feel like every time I do an episode, I learn something new about myself. And um, it's always so interesting. And when I listen to Roberta's podcast, sometimes I'll have like, oh my God, me too. Like even now, even still, even me running my own podcast, like it's so weird having like all of these aha moments. Um, So yeah. um, Can I ask you my final question? Yes. What is your anti-MLM why? My anti-MLM why is definitely around the just amount of gaslighting and toxic positivity involved in these MLMs. You know, it really, for me, I didn't spend a ton of money. I probably broke even. I probably spent a little more. But for me, there's not really a financial hole that was left. It really was this whole of, it was me, I was the problem, I was the villain, I was the drama. And anytime I asked for legitimate help, I was told, you know, hands up, just duplicate, just do it my way. And then that whole like, okay, I know I only need five more people. How do I get the people? Well, hon, you know, you just have five more people till you get to gold. I mean, that was the coaching. And yet I was being told it was something that I wasn't doing. And as a therapist now, you know, my, my biggest, um, I guess, ailment that I treat is anxiety. That's just where my comfort lives. I have an anxiety disorder myself. And 
With anxiety, you get a lot of people who have been victims of narcissistic abuse and they don't trust their gut instinct. And that has been something for me that I've had to really overcome and learn that I have this internal voice and it's there for a reason. And anytime that you feel yourself needing to reach for that external validation or external sign off on something is a sign that there is work to be done, you know, and um, I just really, 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 really want anyone who is listening to this to know that it's not you. You had gut instincts. You were being told to doubt them. That is gross. You were being given wrong information. You were being given probably duplicitous information. You know, like we've talked about, oh, passive income, residual income, but you're lazy if you're a check collector. That's not, that doesn't, the math isn't mathing with that. You know, the other thing being, oh my gosh, we all have to rally and help our upline to promote. And then you're like doing whatever you have to do and you're being celebrated. And the next month you're being basically publicly flogged for things outside of your control. That's disgusting. And I wasn't willing to do that to people. So I believe that is really the reason I wasn't quote unquote successful. Um, But I'm a therapist now. I'm in private practice. I actually own a group. I am actually a real hashtag boss babe. And, you know, what ofs. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Uh, just to chat if uh, they connected with your episode. Yes. Um, I have an Instagram and it is the name of my practice. The name of my practice is Relief Remedy. And my handle on um, Instagram is relief.remedy. And that will be in the show notes for anyone that's looking for it. Heather, thank you so much for spending the early afternoon with me. And I hope that everyone has a fantastic weekend and enjoys this episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, Huns. I just wanted to take a second to tell you guys about Acorn. And no, this is not a sponsored ad. Acorn is a robo-investing account that I've been using to manage my money since I've started my own small business. I honestly had no idea what I was doing in regards to saving for the future, but knew I needed to start somewhere and thought this was a great way to get the ball rolling. I really like the interactive graphics and watching what's going on with my money. If this is something that you feel interested in, feel free to click the link in my bio to start your own Acorn account and we'll both get $5 added in our accounts for our investing future. Happy savings!